Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dave Holmes, and welcome to International Waters, the transatlantic panel game show that pits U.S. and U.K. comedians against each other in a pop culture battle royale. Now, some eagle-eared listeners might have noticed that the British team have won an embarrassing six out of the last seven shows. And spoiler alert, everybody here, I choose the winner, and it's usually whichever country is less on fire. So U.S., we're at a little bit of a disadvantage right now because of Ferguson. Uh, I love to say things are going to change around here, but I've just come back from a two-week vacation in Spain. So U.S., if you want to win, I would suggest some bribes in the form of croquettes or a big tray of Iberian ham. Whatever you can procure quickest would be good for you. Let's play International Waters. I love the muted woo coming from outside the studio. For another episode, I am pleased to say that we have both teams together here in L.A., so shake hands, everyone. Shake hands. Team UK, no slapping the U.S. with your dueling gloves. I know you've brought them with you. I know that's part of your lifestyle and culture. Playing for the nation that does not have paid maternity leave, but does have cappuccino-flavored <laughs> potato chips. A comedy legend who has worked on Mr. Show, The Simpsons, The American Office. I don't have time to read your whole IMDb page. <laughs> Nobody does. It's a quick show. Please welcome Brent Forrester. Thank oh, Brent. you. All right. Oh, you? Yeah, that's right. You clap for Brent Forrester. <laughs> We're thrilled to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thanks, man. You're looking good. Thank Hale you. Hale and hearty. Uh, feeling hail and hearty. Good, good. You've been surfing? Uh, funny you should ask. You yeah. know, there's a legendary <laughs> swell hitting here. If legendary you, swell. It's the first real celebrity swell that I've ever seen hit wow. the coast. I think TMZ actually reported on this swell for yeah. the first time, uh, largely because Laird Hamilton, as close to a surfing celebrity as we have, rescued a man from drowning at Malibu Beach. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, did you see it happen? I didn't. I, okay. d- I did, however... Do you want to make up a story and pretend you saw it happen? <laughs> Boy, I feel like with that intro, people will know it's made up, Dave. <laughs> so the surfing was good? It was good, yeah. Uh, it was a total circus. There were hundreds of people uh, lining every inch of beach. You, yeah. you couldn't even uh, get past Malibu Pier. There was so much traffic there from uh, people looky-looing at the, at the yeah. waves. So that's yeah. not normal for surfing. It's usually a kind of a private affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long have you been surfing? I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, uh, since I was little. I was forced to surf as a kid. Uh, did not enjoy surfing, but had to do it for peer status. Growing up in Malibu, you sure. just could not talk to people if you didn't surf. So we were forced to go into the cold, uh, scary ocean full of sh- sharks. Jaws had just come out. It was absolutely the opposite of pleasure, but yeah. we did it every day. Am I clarifying that that was peer? As in your peers, or peer as in the peer in the sea. Oh, we're going to lose this game so bad. (laughs) They're so, so much smarter than us. They're already finding nuances over here in our language. Their language. What are we doing? Yeah, but I believe in you. I think you can pull this one out. Also playing for the nation where the health care is so bad, we fund it by dumping ice on our heads. A stand-up and sketch comedian. L.A. people might have seen him at the Meltdown or Comedy Bang Bang, the Hollywood Improv, Largo, many more. It's Sean Perlman. Hello, Sean Perlman. Thank you for having me. Hello. You get this a lot, but you look so much like Colin Hanks, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I do get that one. That's uh, one of three that I get. Um, what are the other two? Tom Hanks. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, Seth MacFarlane, and then, uh, I mean, this, I don't, I, Joseph Gordon-Levitt occasionally. Sure. Like, more, the third rock from the sun, that's yeah. what I was getting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say descending order. Yeah, yeah. Colin Hanks, <laughs> Seth. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for Team US. Uh, we're going to get to know our teams a little bit better throughout the show, but for now, Team US, I would like for you to come up with a buzz-in word that you feel best represents our great nation at this particular moment in history. What do you got? Uh, I mean, I have one, but I'm sure you've got a, a cooler one. Uh, let's go with yours. Well, you know, <laughs> I have a 10-year-old daughter. She's going into fifth grade, sure. and uh, you'll, you'll notice this uh, as these kids get older, but a word they use a lot in fifth grade is the word ish. So wow. if you say, are you hungry? She'll say, ish, you know. Did you do your homework? Ish. Yeah. You know, have you been to New York? Ish. That would mean you'd been to, like, Kansas. Yeah. The ish is... <laughs> is sick. It's a it's this halfway word, and I think it's a good word for America right now. You know, how do you feel about the country? Are we on the right track? Ish, ish. Yeah. ish. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you feel confident about the economy? Nah. Ish. Yeah. Are we are we racially harmonious? <laughs> ish, ish. There it is, and you got a little fist bump. There. Oh yeah, <laughs> a terrorist fist jab. I love it. <laughs> I'm playing for another country where everyone is doused in icy water. It's not for charity. It's just the August weather. English stand-up writer and host of the Do the Right Thing podcast, Daniel Ward. Welcome back to International Waters. Thank you for having. Me back. In all three dimensions, look at you. I was so dirty last time. I was getting messages from strangers. Really? I did a thing about 
Wolverine fisting Benny Hill. That's and right. Seems to be quite famous now. <laughs> I knew I knew that voice. I knew I was traumatized yeah. and haunted by that I'm voice. I'm so sorry. If I knew I was going to meet you in person, I would never have said it. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> you would have. And it would have been okay. And you won, right? Yeah, won, yeah. See, that's what you got to do. Also playing for the kingdom that says, look, we like the British office too, but he's your problem now. It's Welsh <laughs> Iraqi stand-up comedian Nadia Kamal. Hello, Hello. Nadia. How are you? Hi. I'm great, thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. Oh, thank you, What a guys. supportive group this thank is in here. You. This is fantastic. What's new? Um, I haven't had a haircut since February 2013, so nothing. <laughs> great. Great. It's all done up in a bun right now, so yeah. I can't really see what's going on. Oh, yeah. It's but I'm untold sure it's, horrors. Uh, I'm sure once you take the glasses off and let the bun down, it's yeah. just going to be... It's just a hurricane of awfulness. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, and I hope it happens. <laughs> now, as I said, we're going to get to know our teams a little better throughout the show, but for now, Team UK, I would like for you to come up with a buzz-in word that you feel best represents your great nation. I was thinking Scotland... I was thinking Scotland. Scotland then. Yeah, because there's because a referendum. There's a referendum going on. That's right. Where they're deciding whether they're going to be with us or against yeah, us. Yeah, we might not be a United <laughs> Kingdom for much longer. Interesting. Ooh. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, it's really boring, but I think they'll vote no. Uh, and then some really scary people will get annoyed and uh, there'll be lots of violence. Do you think it's actually not funny? Gonna be, okay, there's there's going to be actual violence. Like well, people are that passionate about well, it? People, yeah. Mm, people are very passionate I mean, about it. Yeah. Uh, I was just in Spain. I'm just going to bring that up again. Spain <laughs> <laughs> was in Barcelona, and uh, Catalonia is uh, sort of trying to become their own country. Uh, and the T-shirt, the Catalonian Independence T-shirt, is beautiful, and so I bought one and I wore it proudly throughout Barcelona. <laughs> and then somebody told me about what it's actually about, which is just like it's just rich people in Barcelona don't want to pay taxes for poor people in Madrid, yeah. and it's disgusting. And it would be like Texas or you know uh, Malibu seceding. But the T-shirt is so good looking, so I'm going to wear it a lot around the states. Because it's like nobody's really going to no ask me any questions know. about it. Exactly. I right. feel like the Nazis are probably a lot like that because they had some yeah. very snappy outfits. Great design. <laughs> like, Great design. I want to be on your team because you're looking smooth. <laughs> Listen, I would love to sit and talk about Nazis, but let's play <laughs> International Waters. Now we're going to start the show with a little pop culture warm-up that we like to call What's the Story? You will be awarded two points for correct answers. One point for answers that are wrong but funny. If you're not sure what I mean by wrong but funny, a good example is Gary Busey. He's currently on the UK version of Celebrity Big Brother, which I'm never going to watch uh, because I can't. But I imagine that it's going exactly as a person would imagine. Have you seen it? No, no, one no. no one watches it. No one watches it. No one watches it? Then why is it all I read about when I go on the mirror? And I just <laughs> reveal that I go on the mirror. <laughs> read The Guardian, then you would never know. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. All right, so we got it. Two points for a correct answer. One for wrong but funny. Here are your questions. Buzz in with your buzz in words. When I have finished reading the question, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Good. Then Bye. let's do it. Question one. Comic-Con boner fuel Doctor Who made an international comeback last week. Besides new Doctor Peter Capaldi, the season premiere Deep Breath featured some scary new monsters. What was the only way to stop these new monsters from attacking you? Scotland. UK. Was it lesbian smooching? No, although there was lesbian smooching in the episode. It was very controversial. U.S. to steal. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my stock uh, trying to be funny uh, answer ish is uh, ish yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's my answer. Oh, so just ish. That was my that was my one go to throwaway joke. Okay, since when I can't come up <laughs> oh, with another shit. joke, I, I was it. like I had that in the back of my mind. Oh like, no, like it, an oh. ace up in my sleeve, you know, oh, basically. Yeah, your, your tool I know. belt is empty. Now. I know now. I, oh snap! I just moved to this country too, so you know what we'd <laughs> say. I don't know if you would say this in America as well. We'd say you've spunked that chance. That, is that, that yeah? yeah. Oh, it's spaffed. very aptly. <laughs> That's the thing. We all learn new words and phrases <laughs> in this game, which I love. The answer was hold your breath. The clockwork droids only recognized humans by their breathing. It was dumb and cool at the same time, like everything on Doctor Who eventually is. The episode first arrived in the UK, then in the US later on the same day. So to avoid spoilers, Whovians only had to stay off the internet for five hours which of course nobody could do. The unfamiliar combination of daylight and analog pornography was too much for some. Nine were killed. <laughs> for a bonus point, create a new race of Doctor Who space monsters that would truly terrify nerds. I'll give you some examples. Uh, evil aliens who trap nerds in an escapable dimension called the Friend Zone. Scotland. Go, UK. Yes, yeah, so this is a, a race that terrifies nerds. Yes. Women. Uh, <laughs> solid, solid, you get a point. Can I just say, I 
Why are we trying to terrify nerds? Whose idea was this? This well, is a, it's just it's just for a bonus point. It's just you know I just a little Doctor Who fun. Maybe something subconsciously going on there, Dave. I mean, really, what are nerds? Nerds are just a gentle, uh, scared people. Well, people. You know, yeah, that five just years wanna... ago they were. Now they're Chris Hardwick <laughs> trying to tell you that he's not cool. You're right. The oh. nerds. Right. <laughs> now it's Chris Hardwick hosting eight shows on television, being attractive with gorgeous girlfriends and a silver Jaguar, trying to tell you that he's an outsider. We got to stop with that shit. That's you know all what, I'm saying. What we need is a is a movie Revenge of the Jocks. I think is I yeah. Like that. Can we start shooting now? Yeah. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Seriously. Let's, let's go sell that spec we, script. Yeah. Uh-huh. The five of us could write it. Let's get to pitching. But right now, let's get to question number two. Now we know Barack Hussein Obama won the war on Christmas, but there is one <laughs> proud American tradition that even gay Muslim pinkos can't destroy. On the 25th of August, Starbucks brought back which beloved seasonal Scotland. beverage? UK. And I know this because I've seen loads of tweets about it. Yes. Even though I didn't realize that it was a thing. Pumpkin spice lattes. Pumpkin spice latte is correct. One point for you. Right, they are going to win. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to run away with this. They're, they're English it. and they're girls. We have no chance here. Yeah. <laughs> They've got five times the I brain I am not power. English. <laughs> yeah, she is in English. All right. The pumpkin spice latte is milk, whipped cream, pumpkin pie spices, maybe a drop of coffee somewhere in it. It's dessert with drugs in it. Isn't being a grown-up great? Has anyone had a pumpkin spice latte? Yeah, they're great. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't had this season's. (laughs) I don't drink coffee, which makes me feel like a real loser in America. Well, it's not coffee. Is it not? No. I mean, it's warm. It's a warm <laughs> beverage. This is actually, it's kind of controversial because it's the earliest the pumpkin spice latte has ever gone on sale. Uh, some customers complain that Starbucks have spoiled the magic of us giving them money for hot brown liquid. Just <laughs> letting it loose in August, that just seems wrong. By the way, there's Halloween candy in stores already. I don't yeah, know if you've I seen saw that. that. You go to I Ralph's. S- I saw uh, Thanksgiving stuff in a shop this mm-hmm. week. That's oh, actually yeah. last That's year's Halloween, Halloween candy <laughs> that they didn't remove. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen... I don't know if you're interested, but we have pumpkin spice lattes for us all to enjoy and discuss. Colin, the producer? Oh my God. Really? This is so thrilling. Here they come. Good God in heaven. What a coincidence. Yeah, here come some pumpkin spice lattes. We're gonna discuss, we're we're gonna share some tasting notes, some thoughts, and then bonus points for anyone who can give me a more accurate name for the pumpkin spice latte now that we've tasted it. So let's let's give it a little swish in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Danielle is making Danielle. Danielle's face is exactly the face of the sticker that goes on poison. Like you just made the exact face of Mr. Young. Yeah, this is rough. This is real bad. It is, but it It smells like a uh, a drawer of fresh, clean knickers. Hmm. What on earth is wrong with you? What did you do? You never have those perfumed like papers you'd put down in your knicker drawer. They never smelled like this. Yeah, they did. I really never, I actually didn't think that English people used the word knickers. I I think that you're playing it up for us right now. What would I say? Panties. (laughs) Never say panties. Never say panties. When I first arrived here, there was a little girl in a toilet cubicle in the airport, and she was like, Mom, I can't get my panties on. That was was the most horrifying, creepy thing I'd ever heard. You can't really say knickers in America. It sounds no, too close to the N word. Sure does. Yeah. Oh, it's just asking oh, for gosh. trouble. Asking for trouble. What do you think of yours, America? Are oh, they, this is this a thing that you would actually order? I think it tastes sweet. Uh, super, super sweet. Am I crazy? There's a ton of sweet in here. Here. Yeah, it's really well, no. Sweet. It's that. That is just as it is. Wow. It, yeah. A cup of that yeah. is 380 calories, Jesus. 49 grams of sugar. Wow. Oh shit. 49 yeah. grams of sugar. <laughs> That's amazing. I would not. Well, you know what it is? It's like eggnog, where every year you think it's, you're like, oh, I can't wait mm-hmm. to drink eggnog. And uh-huh. then you try and you're like, oh, that's what eggnog tastes like. That's yeah. right. You yeah. know, like every single year. And uh, I yeah, was like, oh, have... that's right. Every, You know, it's a novelty every single year. Yeah. You have to have a sip of it and then you can throw it away. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So you got it. Anybody got a name? A, a name? What's a it name? actually called? It's got a lot it's of. called the Pumpkin Spice Latte. Huh. Yeah, that's kind of perfect in a way. It really is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> because it doesn't they claim were... to be pumpkin, only pumpkin spice. You yeah, know what I mean? It's only right. the, the bullshit that you add to pumpkin to make yeah. it hot. Yeah. It wasn't, right? I, I would call it um, baby's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Baby coffee. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I'll give you a point. Why yeah. not? Why Put that shit out. down. Put that shit down. Before I'm enjoying just... it. It's like drinking a duvet. You can have mine. I'll leave it there for you. You really are delighted by it. I just I'm thrilled by I it. I just love being given a drink for free. Yeah, sure, sure. Enjoy it. All right. 
Question number three. Significantly lowered entertainment standards news. The new VH1 reality show Dating Naked, a show whose premise is also its title, was hit by a $10 million lawsuit this week after a contestant was accidentally broadcast as what? Wearing clothes? No. Ish. Naked. Okay, that was illegal, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you because I I feel bad about uh, the U.S.'s (laughs) treatment on this show in the last seven episodes. I got it. I'm going to give it to you. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. She was naked. Dating naked contestant Jesse Niswitz, which is the best name I've ever heard, she filed for legal damages according to a New York Post article entitled Cast Member Sues Over Crotch Blur Fail, which is the most New York Post headline I've ever read in my life and also a little bit of a tongue twister. Her unblurred privates were broadcast to the world during a <laughs> playful wrestling match on the beach with a male contestant. She is suing for mental anguish, emotional distress, and intentional infliction of massive schadenfreude. So yeah, $10 million. $10 million for having shown. And you, you guys blur everything as well. Like Even we a do. tuck on RuPaul's Drag Race gets blurred. Oh, yeah. You don't show anything, do you? No, a little don't. bit of bum crack on America's Next Top Model. My, my, my ex used to watch America's Next Top Model until they started blurring the nips. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that is a racist thing to say. I don't get it. Don't worry. It isn't even racist. We're not going to explain it to you. Uh, According to Ms. Niswitz, the show cost her not just her pride, but a budding relationship with a man that she had been seeing for a month. Her quote is, he never called me again after the show aired. I would have hoped we could have had a long-term relationship. He was employed, Jewish, in his 30s, and that's pretty much ideal. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a peach. For a bonus point, pitch me the simplest, grossest reality show you can possibly think of. For example, Speed Racist, where uh, sexy, eligible bigots go on speed dates at a Waffle House. Anyone? Scotland. UK. Gaza Strip. Oh, boy. Which is... <laughs> I'm in. Jewish versus Muslim lap dancers. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. Ooh. And the winner gets a bikini wax. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll take it. One point for you. I really US? Like that. Wow, it makes oh, me realize yes, yeah. I don't have a deep file on the word gross. I guess I avoid gross <laughs> experiences. Mm-hmm. When you say gross, I literally think of potato bugs. They're the <laughs> grossest thing that I know. They're mm-hmm. highly regional. So right. A potato bug is like kind of a large beetle. It seems to be sort of like three cherry tomato segments hooked together. Uh-huh. You always find them in your swimming pool when you're a kid. They're dead and floating around. They're considered the grossest thing in the world. So if you want gross and simple, I would just go potato bug house. <laughs> Brent Forrester's potato bug potato house. house. It's just yeah. like a giant... Featuring pink lady? Well, I don't know what that is, but she okay. can be in it. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it, just uh, like a giant plexiglass cube, I think, filled with thousands of potato bugs, and then maybe you throw a married couple in there and film them. That's yes. gross. Yeah, yeah. sure. Or, yeah. Or, or Niswitz can, uh, can come yeah, Niswitz. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Featuring Jesse Niswitz. <laughs> I'm also you don't remember Pink learn. Lady and Jeff? <laughs> Jeff Altman is. and Pink Lady, they were a Japanese pop duo in like oh, 1980. Jeff Altman, the comedian? Jeff Altman, the comedian, wow. had a, uh, a variety show for like four weeks with Pink Lady. And so it was him doing broad comedy with two people who don't speak English. Oh, it fantastic. was heaven. It's out on DVD. <laughs> I'm look, not kidding. I will look for that. Oh, you should. Yeah. You should. I wrote for Jeff Altman. The first show I ever worked on was called Nurses on NBC. I remember and that. And he was a guy. We didn't know who this dude was. He was the comedy guy on the show. Uh-huh. And as far as we could tell, he was a comedian, a short guy who had three things. He would hike up his pants very yep. high. Uh, and then he would say uh, two catchphrases. One of them was, uh, was uh, I'll flip you like a flapjack. Right? And then the other one was not even a phrase. It was just the word butt steak that he would say. And that should have been our best word. Yeah, yeah, really really, yeah. yeah, butt steak is way, way more powerful. <laughs> I feel like that does sum up America. It sure does. <laughs> At this or any moment in history, really. I'm so glad I brought up Pink Lady and Jeff. What a deep well of comedy we got to just through Jeff Altman. All right, at the end of round one, our scores are as follows. The UK's got five. The U.S. has three. That's not oh. bad. That not bad. I honestly thought. It's, bad. <laughs> it's close. It's very close. Oh, it was worse. Still, Two of those with the points. Could have been a lot worse. Probably should be a lot worse. <laughs> Brent Forrester, I understand that you once told off Jeffrey Katzenberg of DreamWorks in a meeting yeah, about the this movie is... Madagascar. Yes? Well, yeah, it's kind of a famous story. I wouldn't say I told him off. Um, it was... Uh, 
it was a yeah, it was they did a screening of Madagascar. I had worked with Ben Stiller. He was in the movie. He'd given me a call and said, "Come and watch this screening, early screening of Madagascar. Give me some insight into what do you think it needs." And uh, so I I went to DreamWorks, watched the movie with a a, a big group of people, and then I figured afterwards we'd do a little uh, room, three or four of us say what we thought and. I'll never forget it, man. After the screening, uh, 60 writers were brought into this room, and we were supposed to go around and give notes, and they were gigantic. They were like Steve Levitan was one who does Modern Family now. Uh Um, It was just gigantic people. Um, I did not tell off Jeffrey Katzenberg, but I discovered that that I was going to be like the last person to talk. And, um, you know, I was young, and I wanted attention, and so... uh, after the third guy had spoken, and I calculated to be about two hours till they got to me, I just stood up and I said, Katzenberg! And, and you have to understand, a room like that is so tense. How do you get 60 comedy writers in there? Because you're Jeffrey Katzenberg and that powerful. Yeah. To stand up and just go, Katzenberg! Like, you know, it's like the Jetsons, uh-huh. you know, uh, t- calling, uh, calling for Stanley Sprocket or whatever across yeah. the room. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I gave my notes and, and stormed out. For some reason, this story became famous. Everywhere I go, people s- will look at me and say, Katzenberg, you know, when they hear my name. Yeah. It's an insider story amongst comedy writers. I guess uh, it was extremely foolish. I never worked at DreamWorks again. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Signed your death warrant. Brent Forrester, thank you for being here. Sean Perlman, you are one of the hosts of the Comedy Palace show yes. in Los Angeles, which features stand-up comedy in the upstairs room of a Chinese food restaurant. Tell me more. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you pretty much said it, but uh, okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a Chinese restaurant, um, and it's a it's a banquet room upstairs. Uh, we recently got a curtain and a stage, so that made it a little bit more uh, valid. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, people like Patton Oswalt have been there, and Maria Bamford drops by a lot. Right. And it's a it's a it's a great room. You guys should come out. Uh, it's on Thursdays at nine o'clock. Sold. Yeah, every Thursday weekly. So it started ten minutes ago. Uh, yes, you have to go? I'm, not, I'm not hosting. Tonight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. What if I really did run out of the room right now <laughs> <laughs> with my pumpkin spice latte with it? Well, you would need it for energy. Uh, you also you were just in a musical with Christian Finnegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An off Broadway musical called Ha the Musical uh-huh. uh, about stand up comedy. So uh, I don't sing, I don't dance, uh, but neither could anyone else. So right. that was okay. <laughs> what, what was the story? What was the story of the show? This it's set up like a typical stand up show. So there's and each uh, person plays a uh, an archetype so there's like the host comic and then there's the the insult comic or the crowd comic and yeah. you know and so it's like uh, pretty uh, as as much as a musical can be kind of insidery it is it is uh, that but I thought a funny little story with that is that on uh, at the matinee show uh, which is the actually it ran for six days in, in New York um, and uh, the matinee show was the only one that was not sold out and at the matinee show, David Tell was there. Yeah. And at some point, uh, Kevin Farley's going up there and he's telling the history of comedy and he's talking about Lenny Bruce and he's like, the, you know, this junkie fuck up. He like, you know, uh, you know, he did heroin and all this stuff. And then David Tell heckles, easy. Easy, and uh, I just thought that was funny. It's a very David Tell thing yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, like just calm down, don't attack Lenny Bruce. <laughs> yeah. So what what happens next with it? Are you gonna do it again? Uh, it might be. Yeah, I think it's going to the New York Comedy Festival, and I think that uh, I might be going out there again. Um, I was the only LA person to go out there, uh, besides Kevin Farley, and that was uh-huh. the other one. So I don't know if they'll spring for a. Uh, a ticket, they might just replace me, okay. right. <laughs> which case would be sad. But that would yeah. be sad. Yeah. Don't do that. That's you know. Don't do that. Okay. I have a show to host every week. I, I would be flying back every Thursday. So. All, right. All, right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for being here. We're gonna get to know Danielle and Nadia a little bit better after the next round. But first, this. I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host a comedy podcast about parenting where we remind you that despite what the internet says, no one really cares what kind of parent you are. One bad mother. We're the friends with kids you want to hang out with. Check us out on iTunes and MaximumFun.org. Welcome back. You're listening to International Waters. I am your host, Dave Holmes. With us playing for the U.S. are Brent Forrester and Sean Perlman. And also sat right here in the Max Fun podcasting oven, playing for the U.K., Danielle Ward, <laughs> Nadia Kamal. Now it is time for a round that we are calling Total Dicks. <laughs> We're talking about detective shows from our respective great nations. U.S., I'm going to ask you about some British gumshoes. U.K., you will get questions about America's finest fictional sleuths. 
Question number one is for the U.S. I'm going to read you a description of three U.K. detective shows. You must tell me which is the real one and which we have made up. Just tell me which of the next three is the real one after I have finished with all three because you'll want to hear them all because they're genius. <laughs> a, Rain and Shine. Rain Reed and Elspeth Shine are retired meteorologists turned detectives. The show combines the great British loves of child abduction stories and talking about the weather. B, Rosemary and Time. Rosemary Boxer and Laura Time are retired detectives turned gardeners. The show combines the great British loves of homicide and horticulture. Or C, Jam and Castard. Jamie Jam Peterman and Grace Castard are retired detectives turned pastry chefs. The show combines the great <laughs> British loves of brutal sex crimes and cake. One of those is a real television show. Is it A, B, or C? Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, we let's both sort of yeah. thought it was B. Okay. Yeah. You are correct. The yeah. answer is B. <laughs> Rosemary and Time. Yeah. Here's a clip from Rosemary and Time, which really exists. Garden. Suspicious. <laughs> I thought it was an accident at first. Now they think she might have been hit with something. Magic. How awful. I used to be a policewoman. We have a suspect. I swear she was alive when I left her. He does have a bit of a criminal <laughs> record, you know. And who else has got a motive? Stay away from the herb garden or you die. <laughs> All right, for, for an extra point, can we just improvise a show that I'd like to pitch called Bangers and Mash? Yes, please do it right <laughs> now. Right. Bangers, bloody hell. We're all going to die. <laughs> Mash. You can't jump to conclusions like that. We might save the day. Right. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful thing. Rosemary and Time is as British as a Michael Bay movie is. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> that is insanely... Yeah. I that mean, is can I say that beyond I stereotypical. every one of those television shows that you described. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to scan Hulu Especially Plus. Especially German Custard. <laughs> but have you seen Rosemary and Time? Yes, of course I have. Have you? Honestly? Who no. is it? Who's in it? Uh, is it Pauline? What's her name? The, like, chubby Caroline older ladies. <laughs> the chubby <Sure>. older ladies. It's <laughs> <laughs> the work for those ladies. <laughs> it's nice. nice to get a job. <laughs> Let me just read the Wikipedia description of the show. Uh, it is two women brought together by a sudden death who discover their shared love of the soil and natural inquisitiveness. <laughs> Being gardeners means that they overhear secrets and dig up clues which lead them to handle floral problems, solve crimes, and capture criminals. <laughs> oh, why don't we have this? It's for people who can't handle the raciness, violence, and glamour of murder, she wrote. Uh, question number two is for Team UK. Same deal. I'm going to read three descriptions of U.S. detective shows. You tell me which one was genuinely broadcast on American television. Ahem. Uh, a, Loose Cannons, a show where cops Alexander Lusowitz and Danny Concanon become <laughs> private eyes after being kicked off the force for excessive extremeness. <laughs> B, Wheels of Justice, a show where a paraplegic detective tracks cases using a sassy, artificially intelligent robotic wheelchair oh, yes. voiced by Wanda Sykes. <laughs> Or C, Manimal, a show about a millionaire doctor who helps police solve crimes by huh. using ancient African magic to shapeshift into animals. Well, a, B, or C. They all sound brilliant. They do all And sound I do brilliant. love an intelligent wheelchair. Sure. <laughs> Voiced by one to <laughs> Someday we'll all be in one. Also, We're just, jazzies all over the legs? streets now. So what was the name in the first one? Cum Cannon. Cum Cannon. Cum Cannon. Christ almighty. Gosh. Naughty. Sorry. Well, it's an HBO and all that, isn't there? <laughs> Um, it's only a matter of time before cum cannon. <laughs> uh, that's more of a Showtime thing. Though, what, was the, what was the last one? What was the uh, Manimal? And a millionaire doctor helps police solve crimes by using ancient African magic to shapeshift into animals. Yeah, it's got to be that one. Like hasn't that it? Is... I mean, Brave Star, the cartoon, that was a bit like that. So, yeah, You're spin off. See? Yeah, you are correct. Manimal, yes! Manimal was real. Let's listen to a clip from Manimal. <laughs> Dr. Jonathan Chase, wealthy, young, handsome, a man with the brightest of futures, a man with the darkest of pasts. From Africa's deepest recesses to the rarefied peaks of Tibet, heir to his father's legacy and the world's darkest mystery. Jonathan Chase, 
master of the secrets that divide man from animal. Animal from man. Manimal. Manimal. Manimal, an NBC series from 1983. It starred British actor Simon McCorkendale, so it's sort of everybody's fault. Yeah. We all share blame for that one. Uh, UK listeners. McCorkendale? <laughs> uh, you might know him as Harry Harper from Casualty. It lasted an astonishing eight episodes, which is pretty amazing no. when you consider that it was a TV show called Manimal. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, he technically had the power to transform into any animal, but he would almost always transform into a hawk or a black panther. That was the only effect shots that they could afford. They just reran him again and again. Uh, did you do you watch Manimal at all no. when that was on? No, but I love that they only owned two animals probably yeah. on the lot. Yeah. Do you remember Quantum Leap? Oh, do I ever? Yeah. This was a great premise where a guy could leap into any you know body in any time, but he always would leap only about five years backwards uh-huh. because they couldn't afford like the costumes and the cars from anything before you know 1985. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you would maybe get like a 1965 thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, that's like Doctor Who. Doctor Who is always set in Victorian England or right. in London because they can't can't afford space shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like or an alien planet that's all just like stark white backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Because in the set when they're doing it uh, like the old series, it was in a quarry somewhere. Oh, another quarry doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now let's move on. US, this is for you. This is a clip from the British detective show that puts the homes in homoerotic. It's BBC's Sherlock. In this clip, Benedict Cumberbatch is in full tilt smug mode. I mean deduction mode. The question comes after this clip. Ah, oh, Anderson. Here we are again. It's a crime scene. I don't want it contaminated. Are we clear on that? Quite clear. And is your wife away for long? Oh, don't pretend you worked that out. Somebody told you. Mm-hmm. How did Sherlock... I was drinking beer when that happened. <laughs> I was not prepared. How did Sherlock know that Anderson's wife is away? I, I thought they were the same guy. All British voices sound the same. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't have you with this one at all. So he knew that the wife was away. Yeah. How? Any any idea? Probably got a text from somebody. Yeah. No, That's no. How there you are only nine things. episodes of this thing. You haven't seen them all? They're really good. <laughs> I heard they're great. They're yeah. really good. I haven't seen any of them. Really? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck She's is wrong British. With you? Yeah, I'm British. And I wrote a musical in 2007, and it was Benedict Cumberbatch's favorite everything he saw at the Fringe. Wow. Yeah, still dying out on that story. <laughs> yeah, you did. We actually have Benedict Cumberbatch here to your valley. With more pumpkin spice lattes and Madeleines. Uh, how did Sherlock know Anderson's wife was away? Three. Two. Brett? Uh, I think that uh, Anderson is the wife. Nice. Oh, I like it. I don't know if that makes sense, but it felt like the kind of yeah, twist that it probably yeah. doesn't, do but I like it. I want to believe that it's true. Let's listen for the answer. Somebody told you that. Your deodorant told me that. My deodorant. It's for men. Well, of course it's for men. I'm wearing it. So, Sergeant Donovan. Ooh, I think it just vaporized. May I go in? Now, look, whatever you're trying to imply... I'm not implying anything. I'm sure Sally came around for a nice little chat and just happened to stay over. And I assume she scrubbed your floors going by the state of her knees. Okay. What okay. if you just listened to the rest of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain. Sherlock knew that Anderson and a co-worker had had sex because they were wearing the same deodorant. He also knew that she had skinned knees or jizz on her knees or a sign saying that I just had sex last night on her knees. Something about her knees. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, so, yeah, that was it was the state of her knees. Uh, well, blowjobs, yeah. Blowjobs, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I imagine blowjobs. Yeah. Well, let's give you a point for imagining oh. blowjobs. <laughs> Thank you. What? I don't know. Just feel, then feel I nice. should have blow a jobs. million points. <laughs> points and for, I were sitting One point for everyone. One point for team. Because <laughs> we're all currently imagining blowjobs. <laughs> All right, Americans love Sherlock Holmes. They have homaged him in uh, everything from Basil, the great mouse detective, to Elementary with Lucy Liu as Watson. You can read more about what would happen if all these characters met up in my what-if erotic fanfic, A Buttload of Sherlock's, now available (laughs) as a Kindle single. All right, UK, from supercilious Brits to a rumpled, absent-minded cop who's always got just one more thing to ask, in a kind of a meta episode, Columbo went up against William Shatner, who played a TV detective named Lieutenant Lucerne. Shatner stands accused of murder. Let's take a listen. But as Lieutenant Lucerne would say, where there is no proof, there is no criminal. Fascinating, notwithstanding. But I think, sir, I have the proof. What proof? Lieutenant, there are no fingerprints on that gun. You said so yourself this morning. Well, you're absolutely right again, sir. The killer cleaned the gun of all incriminating prints. 
But the thing is, he forgot something. Okay, so William Shatner, being at his Shatneriest, cleaned the prints off the gun. But what did William Shatner forget to do to this gun that incriminates him? To not jizz in it. Mm. Okay. Danielle, did you stand you by that? To, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> sure. We're we all always do. forgetting to not jizz and stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I can't top that. Anything I say now is not going to get out jizz. Right. Sorry, I was just thinking about the question. No, this is your no. real attempt at an no, answer. I think he fucked the gun. Yeah, he, he <laughs> fucked the gun. He jizzed on the gun. He also, because I heard it when they said, there are no fingerprints on that gown. And I was thinking that he was holding up a, 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 gown? a dressing gown. <laughs> no, that's just William Shatner's enunciation. Did he forget to delete a picture of him with the gun off his phone? <laughs> Could, be. Could be. Those are both solid guesses. For the answer, let's listen to this. There were no prints on the gun because you wiped the gun clean, sir. But there is a reason that the lab report took so long. You remembered to clean the gun. But you didn't remember to do the same thing with the bullets. Damn. <laughs> I had to forget something. <laughs> <laughs> That's always how the third act ends. <laughs> you see, I've I've had no rehearsal as a murderer. I'm, after all, a detective. <laughs> William Shatner has been a parody of himself for so really, long. I mean, that's a perfect William Shatner role too. But like, yeah, yeah immediately admits to the murder. Right. Yeah. I can't. Oh, I. I had to do that. <laughs> just, like, just quiet down for a second and just go, uh, I'll think of something later. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like, like to see a lawyer would be a yeah. nice line at that point. Yeah. Are they suggesting that you, after you've shot someone, you take the bullet out No, but you would clean put it. the bullet in. Yeah. but the... And so when they pulled it out of the victim, it would still have fingerprint on it because it wouldn't have been cleaned yeah, in, in the Yeah, that's what I mean. So you, go, you dig in... Yeah, you the, reach you into the dig corpse. Into the yeah. corpse. Wipe that and, shit down, yeah, put yeah. Them, stuff them right back in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and the force of the gunshot wouldn't wipe any of the, the fingerprints off? I don't so. know about this I shit would, at all. I'm not a ballistic Let's murder someone that. tonight. Yeah, okay. Good. Oh, but Let's no, it's the other We're right bullets. We're right by MacArthur Park. It's perfect. The There's other no bullets, way. guys! The other bullets that are still in the gun! What? He would have put all the bullets oh, in the gun, in the gun yeah. and there's but the still ones that didn't shoot still would have had his prints on it. You know what? Right. But here's the deal. Oh, you're a detective! Give <laughs> me a show! That's all it takes to be a detective, <laughs> detective is figuring out a Columbo episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say, William Shatner jizzed all over his lines <laughs> and all over the scenery, so I'm going to give you like a half a point. <laughs> Honestly, you. he really, he fucking, he tore into that. After round two, the scores are as follows. UK is in the lead with 7.5. Congratulations on that jizz. Thank you. US has got six. It's very close. So close. Very, very close. close. Let's say hello to the British team. Daniel Ward, <laughs> you spent the Edinburgh Festival as your alter ego, Danny Frankenstein. I did, yeah. Uh -huh. A masculine feminist pop sensation fresh from a tour of Japan. Tell me literally everything about that. Well, what it is is um, I stopped doing stand-up because I, I got really sad. <laughs> and then I thought if I wear a wig, it might be more fun. And so I wrote some songs on GarageBand. Um, and Basically, I wrote an entire, sh uh, entire hour-long show just so I could get away with a very deeply feminist song at the end called Don't Put Your Dick In Me, where the entire song is just listing scenarios where you shouldn't put your dick in someone. Yeah. It all created just to get away with that. If, if that prevents one teenage girl having a dick put in her incorrectly. <laughs> I'm happy. Fantastic. Yeah. Is, this a, is it available on YouTube? It's not yet. I need to, because I've only just got back from Edinburgh, so, but right. I, need, I do need to sort that out. People were coming up to me going, oh, can I buy the album? I was like, I've made it up. There isn't an album. <laughs> do you get on it. Get yeah, on it immediately. I should do. Have you, have, are you record, have you gotten in a studio and recorded it? No, because well, I've done it all on GarageBand. All I need to do is the vocals. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm coming here one evening, get it in the soundproof room. Okay. But yeah, no, it, it'll take 10 minutes. I don't know why the Stone Roses took five years to write an album. No, it took me four know. days. We do know why it took. Okay, I got a studio in the house, and I'm not kidding. Come over and record the vocals. Really? I'm not fucking around. Wow. Let's get that shit out there. I got nieces who are about to become teenagers. They need to hear it. They need to hear that song. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, I think it's a good message for young boys too. True. Absolutely, very true. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I mean, it's mostly it's a, message a message for resonates. young boys, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. And older boys. But and you know, anything with a dick. I want teenage girls chanting, "Don't put your dick in me." when they go out. I mean, obviously, you know, when they get to a certain age and they want the dick, that's fine. We're all Great. sexual creatures. Great. But just do it responsibly. Yeah. 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 On both ends. 
Right. Nadia, we love having Welsh people on this show because it is the most mysterious country in the United mm. Kingdom. Tell us what you miss the most about Wales. Uh, or just make something up I because guess I won't know the difference. Probably the uh, the intense misery that is blasted over with uh, taking the piss out of each other. Oh, is that what that's okay? That's yeah. what it is? It's the New England. You don't of get that the United here. Kingdom? People are just too happy. Yeah. Very true. That they can't be vicious in a way that really stings. <laughs> and if you try to spring it on them, they really, really get upset. Yeah. They yeah. get very unhappy about that. Instead of just going, oh, I'll get you next time. How long have you been here? Uh, just since Friday. <laughs> oh, okay. It takes a while. But I've been away from Wales for a while. Okay. Like, I live in London. Gotcha. Gotcha. Both of you guys, thank you so much for being here. We'll be Pleasure. right back with our final round after this. Hi, my name's Dave. And my name's Graham. Now, what do we have to do to put you in a brand new podcast today? Yeah, what, do you want me to drink bleach? I'll do it. Yeah, Dave will drink bleach. If that's what it takes to get you to listen to Stop Podcasting Yourself on MaximumFun.org. Don't make Dave drink bleach. Just listen to the show. <sighs> he will, but don't make him. Stop podcasting yourself. Welcome back to International Waters, and so to our final round. Now, I know both teams have tried super hard. It's been great to watch, and I want you to know that it has been as useless as asking Kate Bush to come on your transatlantic comedy podcast. If you're listening, though, Kate, honestly, please come on. Do you know anybody who went to the shows this week? Loads of people. My entire Twitter line. I couldn't get tickets. That's why I'm out here. Oh, God almighty. I know. It sounded great. Yes, she's an amazing performer. She's an amazing performer and a crazy weirdo. Yeah. And she won't get on a plane. No. And neither will David Bowie, and that's why they can never perform together. Mm, mm, mm. But they both love a leotard. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They really do. They love a onesie. Uh, Now, as I say, your efforts have been completely in vain because the winner of the final round receives one million points. This round... (laughs) Is called. <laughs> that's right. This round is called Dave Holmes, Dave's Home, Edición Español. Now, as I said, this round is about me. I have been in Spain for the last few weeks. I just got back a couple days ago, and I'm still. I've got like the Spain all over me. I'm like I'm relaxed. I take naps in the middle of the day. You're glowing. I, I'm really, kind of yeah. glowing, right? <laughs> you really are. I, You're I don't understand Spain, why I can't drink wine at noon. Like it's just it's <laughs> fucked up. So this episode, we're giving the final round a Spanish twist. Traditionally, this round is about me, Dave Holmes, and the country that I choose to live in. My home, my Dave home. I'm very sorry about this pun. But like I said, just got back from Spain. It was a European vacation. It's one of the many things I have in common with Chevy Chase. Go ahead, ask me anything about my vacation in Spain. Did you visit? I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) (laughs) That's our writers. That is our writing staff. (laughs) That is our writing staff, and I'm pleased that it went over as well as it did. (laughs) That was great. Okay, so here's the deal. You have to convince me why your country has more to offer me than Spain. Lovely, Lovely Spain. I'm going to tell you three things that I loved about Spain. You tell me why your country does it better. The team that goes second obviously gets a little more thinking time, but the UK is probably going to win anyway because that's the way I generally <laughs> roll. So he gives a shit. Each team will have two minutes on the clock to explain to me why your nation can match, or even better, the three following things. I'm going to, you'll each get three. Mm-hmm. Okay. UK will go first. We will start with number one. Pork products. Oh, our pork products are much better because um, all our cow, all our cows, they're not pork. <laughs> all our pigs are kept in such terrible conditions that the meat includes tears, <laughs> and that makes it juicier. Okay. Yeah. It does, well, it also, Molten Mowbrays is a, a, a trade name for pork. <laughs> yeah, and also We've got all, a whole village that just does pork pies. Just they just do pork pies, and all our. Um, we we like having the blood of the animal, and they don't do that so much in 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 oh, Spain. Yeah. On your we breakfast? love yeah, we love the blood on the breakfast. Little bloody go. breakfast. Yeah, yeah, we do. I had a black pudding over there once or twice. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah. It's gross, isn't it? It's <laughs> delicious. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. Okay, so that's that's your take on pork products. Yeah, I think we do pretty well on pork products. Yeah, I think I think you do too. Okay, uh, crazy gay bars with like dark sex mazes in the back of them. We win that. Oh yeah, why? Explain. <laughs> we win that because not only have we got those 
crazy gay bars, which are obviously all that's all Soho is. Um, literally, if you go to Soho on a Sunday morning, the streets are paved with spunk. It's sticky. <laughs> you see, people are sluicing. They're sluicing the streets because it's so disgusting. Not only that, there's a gym in Soho, which is just like that. It's like a gay nightclub. Oh, yeah. Really sexy, grinding away, but it's also a gym. I bet Spain hasn't got one that's a gym as well. So they work out whilst having some erotic thoughts. Also, that's where we keep all our pigs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really helps the pork. Wink, wink. Anything to add to the crazy bars uh, conversation? No, I'm just jizzing. (laughs) Okay, great, great. I can see it. Uh, Okay. Uh, Trippy architecture. Oh, well, we've got Stonehenge. That's pretty trippy. It's not as pointy. We have got very pointy. See, the in thing Spain. Is I'm going to find this difficult because <laughs> the trippy architecture in Barcelona is absolutely beautiful. So um, it is very. What, good. Can, what have we got that's better than that? We've got the Tricorn Centre in Portsmouth, which is <laughs> the sort of place that souls go to die. Oh, there's the the caves in Wales now that you can go trampolining in. Yes. <laughs> We've got oh and, and all up. Cave, caves don't count as architecture. You know uh, nature's architecture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got loads of castles. Yeah, loads my of castles. my boyfriend's family have got a castle. They're okay. selling it. Yeah. So um that they're, they're good. They're not I, I can't. Is it trippy? Are there no right angles in it? Or is it all just like it's is, is well, it gouty so it's all just forms that are found in nature? Because no, otherwise I don't want to hear about it's it. It's got no right angles. It's hard to put your desk in the corner, isn't it? I mean it's all very well having a lovely trippy building, well, but take it's it very up with practical. Antonio Gaudi, why don't you? Well, all right, your time is up. Your time is up. You've had three We finish Wait. our things. He didn't finish his cathedral, did he? No, he didn't. We finish our things. No, he didn't. It's maybe eight years away, but I saw it, and that shit is beautiful. It is great. The Sagrada Familia is the most beautiful thing in the world. Have you seen it? It's insanely beautiful. It's insanely I had a panic attack going up that. I had to come down again. It was too Beautiful. I'd like to say that. <laughs> I'd like to say I was impressed by uh, by the architecture, but I just don't like heights. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't go up the towers. I just saw the actual thing. I didn't yeah. feel like waiting in line. I had a panic attack looking at the line. Yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> okay. All right. So good. I'm I'm semi convinced about the UK over Spain, US. I'm gonna have to be resold on my Let's own country. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> the first of your three areas where you must convince me that the US is better than Spain is tiny bite-sized food. Okay, well, uh, bigger food is better. I mean, Texas makes everything bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I just think that, uh, why wouldn't you want larger portions? It doesn't make any sense to eat smaller portions. I mean, tapas, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's uh, it's better to eat uh, larger things. I think I'm repeating myself <laughs> endlessly. But... I'm sold on snacks. Eat I don't, a big I, don't thing. Yeah. I, want, I want tiny plates, I want bite-sized foods. You want bite-sized what, foods. What can the U.S. provide me in the way of bite-sized foods? Jeez, oh, we're the guys who are genetically modifying anything, I think we can make our food smaller if we Mm -hmm. want to. Um, You know, we like to supersize, let's be clear. I agree that we are the country with the largest portions, and uh, we never really have understood this whole idea that you would want to order things tiny, but we can do it. Um, With American (laughs) know-how, we will shrink our food for you Spanish weirdos. Great, great. Great. All right. So a can-do attitude. Sure. Yes. Okay, is what's needed. All right. Uh, uh, a culture of napping. Boy, I feel like uh, we can. We what can, can you do that. What can you give me in the way of naps? Well, um, John F. Kennedy famously uh, napped all the time in the White House, and he was the president. So uh, you know, we got the precedent uh, yeah, for the president napping was there. Napping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I really thought you were going to make an assassination joke. Yeah. Like he's napping for an eternity. I'm like, whoa, too soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Silent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I feel like we have a lot of cartoon characters that hang out in hammocks. Don't, don't like, you know, I know Homer Simpson's generally in a hammock if sure. he's in the backyard. Fred sure. Flintstone. Uh-huh. The, the iconic oh. American father figure, I think, across the board in our television shows, yeah. he's going to be napping. Solid. Uh, daytime drinking. I mean, I'm drunk right now. Right. <laughs> no, and it's night, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we kind of have pioneered that. I mean, most of the songs that I hear, in the, even on Radio yeah. Disney, that's what my daughter listens to. And it seems like half the lyrics are, so what, we get drunk. So what, we smoke weed. I mean, it's filtering down to the fifth graders. I think we're, we've cornered this market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Your time is up. 
Okay, I have to think about this because you're absolutely right. Bigger is better when it comes to food. Yeah. I love like walking around and having a snack every two hours, which is what I did for two solid weeks. Right. I would, wa- I would walk for an hour and a half, and then I would sit and have a glass of wine, and I would have a little tiny snack, and that is a great thing. But I think I'm a little bit more productive here in the U.S. when I have a full eight-hour day, and then I eat a giant meal and immediately fall asleep. Yeah. You know yeah. that you're so not you're only meant to point. eat one of them. You're, the meant what? To, you're meant to order loads of them. You don't just have one thing when no, you're No, I know. I know, but like <laughs> stretch it out over the course of a day. <laughs> no, believe me. I had many I had many small things throughout the day. Don't One albondiga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> slice of a bikini <laughs> and yet at the same time you've convinced me that the UK is just the streets are running with jizz like, like, the, <laughs> like the elevator doors in The Shining just open up that's a little overly graphic oh god this is a toss up but just because there's there's I've, like the home fires are burning inside my heart the US is going to win this one congratulations oh. US you yes. have won. You are the best country in the world for yes. the next two weeks. Congratulations. Maybe the U.S. can celebrate by combining our nation's obesity and drug problems into some delicious pot brownies. How about that? Ooh. That'd be a fun yeah, way to yeah, celebrate, right? Yeah. Sure. Congratulations, Brent. Thank Congratulations, you. Congratulations, Sean. Thank you. Uh, all right, before we finish, do you guys have anything that you want to plug before we go? Sean, I'll start with you. Um, I uh, Yeah, the New York Comedy Festival, the Ha The Musical will be playing there. Um, and uh, and you sing and you dance. You do I roundhouse sing kicks. and I dance and I do roundhouse kicks. Great. And uh, yeah, and also uh, every Thursdays, uh, the Palace Restaurant, Comedy Palace, uh, 2112 Hillhurst Avenue in Los Feliz. Great. Yeah. And just to offset the, the ego karma, is yeah. there anything that someone else has done that you would like to plug? Oh my God, John F. Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> naps relentlessly. Yeah. yeah, I mean that guy was a pioneer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, uh, so John F. Kennedy. Yeah, I'll do JFK. JFK. Look him up. <laughs> Look up John F. Kennedy. Brent Forrester. Anything you'd like to tell the world about? I haven't seen anything uh, uh, that I want to plug except um, Paul Rust, a great comedian. I watched mm-hmm. this guy the other night. I think he's amazing. He's oh, great. great. He's, he's so very great. funny. Yeah. So go see Paul Rust. Danielle Ward. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to plug my um, SoundCloud account, uh, which is SoundCloud slash Danielle Ward. It's got my two musicals on there, one of which is recorded with a 24-piece orchestra. Uh-huh. And I'll probably put my Danny Frankenstein stuff up there when I've done that as Good. well. Good. So, yeah, have, have a look. After you've listen. come by the house and recorded vocals yeah. and we've all hung out. Have you got a pool? Yeah, do we? <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? Danielle. <laughs> God almighty. Nadia Kamal. You didn't ask Oh, no, yeah, something that somebody else did. Two brilliant female comics, Bridget Christie and Sarah Pascoe, both amazing, both UK-based. Okay. Yeah. Look them up. Nadia Kamal. Hi. Hi. Um, uh, I've got a little tour of the East Coast coming up with uh, another comedian called Josie Long and a musician called Katie Harkin. Uh Uh, Josie's been on the show. She's great, yeah, she's terrific. Uh, It's the International Grown-Up Lady Tour, uh, and we'll be doing a few dates around the North East in October. Excellent. Should be great. And something that someone else has done. Um, well, I'm, I'm reading Margaret Atwood, and, and she's pretty famous. She doesn't really need any coverage. <laughs> but, but my goodness, she's good. She's very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading the final book of the her Mad Adam trilogy. All right. It's really great. And it's going to be made into a HBO show, apparently. Oh, good. So, oh. Read the books first, guys. Get some culture on you. <laughs> Excellent. Read some Margaret Atwood. Yeah. And for myself, I've got the Friday 40 coming up to the uh, Meltdown Theater on September 12th. I don't know who my guests are going to be, but it's going to be great. So please come. And also, I haven't seen the, this is the thing that I'm going to plug that somebody else did. I haven't even seen it yet. But Whit Stillman has a show, uh, a pilot oh. on Amazon right now. And I already know it's my favorite thing because I love him. I love him so too. I'm assuming yeah. that by the time you hear this, I will have seen it and I will have loved it. <laughs> and I will be recommending it to you. Uh, all of you, thank you so much for coming to International Waters. What a joy it has been. Thanks to you for listening. Uh, by the way, we will put all the links to everything that everyone has just mentioned here, uh, as usual, on MaximumFun.org. Brent Forrester, Sean Perlman, Danielle Ward, Nadia Kamal, thank you for playing International Waters. You there with the headphones sitting on the train or sitting in your car in traffic, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on International Waters. Goodbye. You've been listening to International Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing with Brent Forrester, Sean Perlman, Danielle Ward, and Nadia Kamal. Our theme music is USA vs. White Noise by Lady Charm. Thanks to them for letting us use it. The show was recorded at Max Fun HQ in Hollywood, California by Jennifer Marmer. The script was written by Sarah Morgan and Asterios Kokonos. And our producer is Colin Anderson. Goodbye. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.